0: holly i'm a mom a wife a pelvic floor physical therapist and founder of no kegels university i have helped thousands of women stop leaking enjoy intimacy and feel proud of their bodies even after having kids after years of listening to women wonder why no one talks about leaking how they should properly recover after having a baby and that pleasurable intimacy is possible I started to get real frustrated because I believe that no mom or woman should struggle when there are answers. It became my mission to shed light on the lack of postpartum care and the lack of discussion on issues that relate to women and their health, even if they can be uncomfortable sometimes. It also became my mission to change the conversation on women's health, the pelvic floor, and more. Here we go. episode 49, how makeup can be the best self-care with Mary. In this episode, I get to talk to my sweet friend, Mary, and she is one of those where you can just feel that not only does her beauty exude externally, but it also exudes internally as well. But before we get to our conversation, let me first introduce you to her. Mary Hansen is a professional freelance makeup artist specializing in bridal and photo shoots. She has worked on over a thousand faces and is passionate about helping people see how truly beautiful they are. Her work has been featured on the cover and inside the pages of Utah Valley Bride magazine, as well as several online bridal blogs and magazines. Mary is also a wife and mom to two beautiful girls. Welcome to today's episode where I have Mary with us and I'll, I'll let her tell you a little bit more about herself, but you'll find, especially if you go look on her Instagram, that her feed is filled with beautiful photos of makeup and you'll also, you'll, you'll pick it up too, but she also has a message of beauty within besides the beauty that, that we typically see externally. And the reason, well, there's many reasons that I wanted her on the podcast today. Um, But I'll let you decide exactly why I chose Mary to be here. So Mary, welcome. And thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Of course. I, I'm so glad to have you here. But before we get too started into this, why don't you share a little bit about how you became a makeup artist and, and what that story looks like, if you would, because I think it plays into part of your message.
1: Yeah, of course. So I am a girl who's always loved beauty and makeup and all that stuff, you know, since I was a little girl. I didn't know a whole lot about it, but even in high school, I would do my friends' makeup for dances and things like that. And what really got me into it, however, was um, when I was like in college about eight, that age, I was doing princess parties. So I was going to little girl birthday parties and entertaining as a princess, you know, dressed fully up in the costume and all of that. And I really wanted to look. You know, really legitimate and really professional in the costume. And I was like, I need really good makeup um, if I'm gonna pull this off. So I didn't even know there was any such thing as a makeup tutorial. I remember I just Googled princess makeup and all these tutorials came up. And I remember I, uh, the first one I ever watched it was by Candy Johnson, who she's just the most inspiring um, person and makeup artist and i was just blown away i'm like wow she just transformed herself with makeup and i was hooked i could not get enough of makeup and i was just watching makeup tutorials like crazy and um started practicing on myself all the time and then i just wanted to practice on friends too and before i knew it friends were asking me to do makeup for their weddings And then friends of friends were reaching out to me to hire me and they would pay me. And I was like, wow, this could really become something. And, um, I looked into making it an actual career and that's what I ended up doing. And so it's been an amazing journey. Um, it's been about six and a half years. I've been a professional makeup artist. Um, and I just absolutely love it. I will also mention that um, when this all happened of make, starting to really make it, having it become a passion and really making it my career, it came at a time in my, in my life where I was um, not doing great personally. And I was actually in a, a former marriage that was really unhealthy. And um, I felt really lost as a person. And it really helped give me a sense of identity and worth and something to work on for myself um, as an individual. And it really, in a way, I, I know it sounds really cheesy talking about makeup, but I really feel like it saved me in a lot of ways. So um, I love it. It's my passion and that's kind of how I got to where I am today.
0: So I don't think I quite knew that full story. And I think that that just makes me love your journey and your story so much more because you took something that a lot of us, I don't know if I want to say like for granted, but I definitely will skimp on the makeup from time to time. If I'm feeling really busy, I I wouldn't say that I spend a large amount all the time, but you found something, I don't want to say mundane in in my world. Occasionally, I guess it is sometimes, Um, but you took it and have just made it something so beautiful, life-saving, as you said, and, um, you just grown it into something so much bigger than just doing makeup for the day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's, it's more than, it's so much more than just getting ready. It's an outlet and an art and just fun. So yeah. Yeah. But don't get me wrong. As a mom of two, I'm not wearing makeup day to day. As much as I love it, it's not my number one personal getting ready every day priority to do a full face of glam or anything like that.
0: It'll it'll come. the The day will come when they get a little bit older and you have time to yourself in the bathroom. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will see about that. <laughs> Um, So my, my next question, I'm really curious. So if, because you, you had so many um, maybe like epiphanies along the way, um, tell me a little bit more about what, and whether it's like, I don't know, time to yourself, but, but what, what was it about the makeup? Cause I know you said it was an outlet, but really what did it give you that, that really changed things for you?
1: I think what made the biggest difference was the way that it allowed me to actually serve others and connect with others and kind of shine a light for them in a way. Um, and I, because like I said at that time, I felt I felt really alone, really isolated. Um, I felt like I'd really lost myself, and someone seeing. My work as a makeup artist and loving it, and hiring me to come and you know spend an hour with them and do their makeup, it allowed me this opportunity to go and help them feel beautiful and feel glamorous and get to talk with them and connect with with them and hype them up. I love to you know because as a makeup artist, a lot of the time you're doing makeup for people before a big event, like before their wedding or a big performance or a big photo shoot or appearance or something. And so it's really important for them to be in a good headspace. And I, I love being that positive and calming and kind of hype girl energy for someone before something like that. And um, so I think that was the biggest thing is kind of who it allowed me to be for people. And the, the feedback that I would get, uh, was so positive and encouraging. And it just really felt like my purpose and like a great, a great place for me. And then of course there's the whole artistic side, um, just from the aspect of the actual makeup application. I just love every step of it. And it it truly is like therapeutic for me. So I just enjoy the whole process.
0: So I want to go back a little bit when you were talking about when you had those gals in your makeup chair and you loved seeing, um, and I'm probably inserting my own words here, but the transformation and being their hype girl, do you mind, and you could tell a story if you wanted to, or, I mean, I don't, I don't know if this is like protecting people's privacy, but maybe share like some of the things that you've shared with women before, or a story about how You've seen someone like just totally transform, even though it's just an external piece, like how that inner beauty and how there was a change on
1: the inside as well. Absolutely. I think that the way that we view ourselves is so powerful. And I, if you ask anybody who's close to me, they will attest to, I I think it must be just something that I'm blessed with. I don't know. But I, I demand that the way that I see other people is actually the truth. But I just, I really see the beauty in people. Like, I look at people and the way that my eyes analyze their face, it's like I just see their best features. And I just, I truly think anybody can be a knockout, you know, with the right with the right makeover or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, or even without it, like you, you don't have to be glammed up all the time. But like I said, ask any of my close friends and like, they just, they, sometimes they find it annoying. Cause I'll be describing anyone. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, they are so gorgeous. So, so gorgeous. And they're like, you say that about everyone, <laughs> but I really mean it. I just, um, and I truly see that. And I demand that I'm the one who's, uh, seeing people the way they are, you know, people really are that gorgeous. Um, but I, I love to, to speak that to people and what I see when I look at them and when I'm doing their makeup and, and saying like, you actually have incredible cheekbones and wow, your jawline is killer, you know, and, um, or just like even like you have such a softness and kindness in your eyes and things like that. Um, and so I think that that can be, you know, because it's kind of funny because the, the compliments you'll get from a makeup artist are like oddly specific about your facial features, not ones that we, not ones that we get all the time from people. Um, but I think the biggest thing really is if you've never been glammed up in professional makeup, And you see yourself like that. Sometimes I think for people, it's this moment of realizing like, oh my gosh, the only difference between me and, you know, these Instagram models I see or whatever is the fact that they had killer makeup. Like I look just right in that um, realm right now, you know, and uh, it's like, I've truly seen women their confidence just skyrocket seeing themselves like that and realizing that, you know what, we're all gorgeous. And if you just have the right makeup, you can look absolutely on point too. Um, So that's, that's fun. And I've, I've had experiences where, um, you know, I've had the times when people cry, it's like so touching. It's also like, okay, yeah, but don't let them But, um, but there's been moments where, where women have cried or like even older women, um, you know, mothers of the bride or grandmothers of the bride who have done their makeup and they've gotten emotional and they've said, I've never in my life felt this beautiful and you've changed the way I view myself and things like that. It's very, very rewarding. Um, I have one little, um, experience that this was seriously one of the most special and I won't be sharing any specifics about who it is or anything. So I, I think it's appropriate to share, but, um, I was hired to do makeup for a music video and it had, um, high schoolers, musicians in it. Um, and it had like over a hundred of them and they, so I did, I did makeup on like the kind of, Featured musicians and stuff. But then they also just said basically, um, if anybody wants some touch ups and things before the filming starts, then just get in a line and the makeup artist will, you know, do her thing. And so lots and lots of, you know, guys and girls, whatever, just came through and I, you know, just kind of evened out skin tone, just did little things that would um, look good on camera, get them ready. And at the very end, after everybody left, there was a young man who came up and sat in my chair and he'd obviously waited until everybody was gone. And, um, he had like pretty noticeable acne, like so many of us do as teenagers or beyond sure. or sure. <laughs> and I just, you know, worked my magic, did some color correcting, evened everything out and um then i gave him the mirror to look in and he was a really really shy he didn't have any words for me that day but he looked in the mirror and he, you could tell that he was surprised and he just got this smile on his face and i saw the confidence in him boost for his you know performing in this music video and that i'll never forget i was just you know it's not always about the glamour but um that was a really sweet moment as well.
0: So as you've been talking, what keeps coming to mind, it's almost like you're adding a filter, but it's like a deeper filter for them to see what's been there all along besides this, whether it's the blemishes from acne, which I've I've had those two. I've definitely had those moments or like when you, when you talked about, you know, the mothers of the bride or the grandmothers of the bride that, you know, there's, I don't know, in my head, I just keep thinking about, you know, close friends of mine or family members that there's always that one thing that they just can't stand, but it's almost, so, so tell me if you agree or not. Is it almost like a filter that allows them to see deeper, but not like uh, a filter that allows everybody to see them? I don't, Does that make sense what I'm trying to ask and like what I'm trying to portray? Maybe you can do a better job.
1: Um, I think so. I think um, because the way that I even try to do makeup is it's not like transforming them into a different person. It's just like the best version of themselves. You know, that's the goal with makeup. Is that kind of what you're getting at of? Yeah. Yeah. You said it so much
0: better. And again, you're, you're the expert on this. That's why, that's why I wanted you here, but I love your it, words as well. It, it, cause it just makes me think like, well, shoot, if we all, you know, if we just knew how to do our makeup, we would look amazing on Instagram, like everybody else. But to me, I guess, It's almost—I don't want to say it evens the playing field, but hopefully for those who are listening, it it gives you like a a deeper view into yourself that that there's more there and there's there's beauty there that makeup doesn't necessarily have to always be the thing that gives you the the confidence, but it's maybe just a a a piece of the puzzle, if you will.
1: Yeah, I actually love what you're saying. I think. Um, when you said evens the playing field, I think it just kind of reveals, you know, we we live in this social media era and we see gorgeous people on social media where we're like, "Um, excuse me, how are you real? And (laughs) the reality is there's, a lot that goes into it. You know, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors going on. And I'm not saying that people aren't that gorgeous, because hello, I believe everyone's gorgeous. But I'm saying that when you realize that with the right makeup and the right angles and the right lighting, you're looking, you know, just like an Instagram model, it kind of, I think it makes us realize that it's really not that serious. It's just for fun. Like, getting dolled up getting glammed up taking gorgeous selfies and stuff that's not what our worth is really about that's not all that we have to offer it's just fun and anybody can do it and um it's just it washes off at the end of the day you know it's really not that big of a deal and I yeah so I actually loved the way that you were describing that did did I kind of catch what you were trying to get at yeah, yeah, you did, and and
0: even as you were talking, um, I just even hearing you say that, and I and I hope those that are listening to felt the same thing. I think I know, like you saying this, I'm like, yeah, 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 I agree. But I think hearing it from your perspective, where you have this incredible and gorgeous skill set, and y'all need to go look at her Instagram and just see what I'm talking about. But for you to, you know, I guess for you to say, right, because while it's, it's your job and you excel at it in so many ways, it almost, I don't know, I just almost felt like a burden be lifted off to some degree, especially when, you're, when you say, well, it washes away at the end of the day. Maybe this is something for us if we're struggling with it, but even at a very small degree that, like you said, it really does just wash off at the end of the day.
1: It, it's not where our worth comes from. Exactly. Exactly. It is, in my mind, it's meant to be a fun thing that you can use to express yourself or just feel that much more fierce. But really, beauty is all imaginary and in our heads. And um, it's... We can absolutely own our beauty, even if we don't necessarily, quote unquote, fit a beauty standard or look like how we think that the world is telling us how we have to look. We don't have to accept that message. We can say no thank you um, to that message that, that we might be feeling. And I encourage everyone to do so. I know it takes a lot of work. I know as women, it's, it's hard being women um all the messages that we get about how our looks are supposed to be our first priority and as if we owe that to the world to look a certain way or be a certain size or whatever we can we can choose to reject that message and um just own our beauty but then at the same time it's fun to be able to glam up and and look special when we want to and on our terms and then it washes off at the end of the day so yeah. I love how you said that, especially that it it's our choice. We get we get to
0: decide, which almost makes me wonder too. So for those that might be listening and just saying, "Well, Mary, I bet you've never seen my face. I bet you've never worked with a face like mine." Where would you tell a woman to start trying to identify? that beauty? Like what advice might you give her if she's sitting in your chair and she's telling you this? And I realize you can't see their face. Um, but as you're like, you know, as you're prepping your supplies, what, what might you tell a lady like that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I would tell her that really the, here's the biggest thing. Here's the most beautiful thing about a person is somebody who makes other people feel seen and important and helps other people to embody their own beauty. That is what it's all about. Like I, cause I still struggle, you know, on a regular basis with feeling, you know, bad about my postpartum body or, you know, the, the way I look or whatever, you know, like we're so bombarded with those messages that I think it's a continual thing to work on loving ourselves and owning our beauty. I was having one of those moments. Um, and I had this realization, you know, and I was thinking like, I just need to get you know, more dedicated uh, at the gym or what, you know, just thinking like all these things that I'm going to make my top priority, whatever, which like that's, whole other thing. I think health, (laughs) but I think doing it more from a health perspective versus like a, Oh, it's my responsibility to try to look like an Instagram fitness model. No, that's not true. Um, I had this realization, like, wait a second. So let's say that we're talking about ourselves or somebody else who looks, you know, quote unquote, picture, perfect beauty standard, whatever, like, That is great. That's lovely. But how is that helpful? How is that inspiring? How is that um, building others up? How does that, like, when you're around someone like that, does it make you, do you admire them for that? Like, do you feel inspired and seen and am I making sense? Like, yeah, yeah because what keeps echoing my mind, well, we've,
0: if, if you've already said, okay, well, anyone can look that beautiful and that amazing. It's, it's, I don't want to say it's just a face of makeup, but there's more to it than that. No, no, no. I, I, I totally know what you're,
1: what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Cause I mean, I'm now I'm kind of talking a little bit more like whole, you know, body, whatever, whatever it is that you're in. Wherever your insecurity may lie, um, it let's say that a fairy godmother came and waved her wand, and you suddenly looked, you know, quote unquote, perfect in your mind. Whatever it is all your insecurities went away, or whatever. That's all fine and good, but how is that like? How would your life be different in relation to how you help others feel and um, how you love others um, and On the opposite hand, like think of the people, you know, who you love being around. Is it because they look perfect all the time? Probably not. It's probably because they make you feel great about yourself and they're so great to talk to and they're fun and they're authentic and they're down to earth. And they probably have put in the work to love themselves, which makes them so empowering to be around. It makes you feel like you can love yourself. You know, and so rather than feeling less than because you don't look however you don't look, why not own it and say, look, I'm going to love myself. You guys, people around me, you love yourselves. And let's, let's spread this message of positivity and just own it and decide that you're a 10 out of 10, you know um, am I making any sense <laughs> with that? Yeah, no, no, I like this. So I'm actually reminded of a
0: couple of times, um, where you and I were together in the same room. I don't remember what it was that we were doing. Um, and you had come in, I remember like full glam. And I was either like at the end of my pregnancy, which I think we all know, or just Just coming back from it or something? I can't quite remember.
1: I think when I first met you, you had you were fresh postpartum.
0: Okay, right. Which I think, if you're a mom listening to this, you remember your clothes don't fit. You're up all night. Chances are, like you're probably leaking out of your shirt. You probably have spit up somewhere and makeup was most glamorous. (laughs) Right. Um, okay. Yeah. So that would, that's probably why this sticks in my mind so much. And Mary comes and this is not at all. I just probably not how she's going to tell a story, but she comes waltzing in. There's probably like birds chirping around her, like, like a fan blowing her hair. And she was awful glam. And I feel like that this would have even been around the time when masks were a thing, but she didn't wear the mask that covered your face it was the clear ones, which that just even was next level for me to watch her do this. And she was so kind and so complimentary. And even though like, okay, so now that we've laid the stage of probably what I looked like, what I felt like, I honestly didn't feel any different. Like what my current state was, the fact that I probably looked frumpy because my clothes didn't look, I probably had spit up. I probably was Leaking like from my shirt because the pads weren't working or, or something. But I, I, Mary did such a great job, which I I think you've hit the nail on the head. This is one of the reasons why um, I enjoy being around you and I enjoy talking with you is because while if you looked externally, we felt because I, I don't know, I think all this, and I'm probably making this a lot about looks, but we're going to tie this in together because we we talked a little bit about this before I hit the record button. But there's times that I've been around women that are just absolutely stunning their full glam. And I sometimes feel less than I, and I would imagine that a lot of us have been in the, in, in that phase before. And I didn't feel that way around you, Mary. So I, I think, I think that's probably one of the reasons while yes, you do an amazing job on your makeup, but one of the things is you do make others love, I don't say you're not making them love themselves, but you inquire about them and you're complimentary and it's very genuine. There's nothing fake about it. And I think that's where that real beauty comes from because I felt great about myself despite the Stage of life I was in at the time, and I wasn't any of the wiser until right now. So I, I don't know how many years later this is—two and a half years or something. I think that's one of your skills, and I think, man, I almost just feel emotional just think I'm I'm kind of just taken back to that time. But I I think you've I think you've really nailed it, and so I I hope I hope that that is evident among yourself whether it's you or you know who whoever is you know listening to this and thinking you know a couple minutes ago like yeah I mean you haven't seen my face Mary like what do you know but but there really is that beauty there and it almost makes me just think too of how others how you make others feel I think that's being a mother
1: would you agree yeah I Well, first of all, thank you for that. That was like, you're going to make me emotional. That was one of the coolest things anybody's said to me. But um, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that it ties so much into being a mother. And when you, we think about our kids, like our kids don't care what we look like. They just want our love and want us to be that safe place for them to land. And they, it, I, I lost my mom in October, and I just like it's been so powerful of how I think of my own mothering because, like, yeah, my mom wasn't perfect because nobody is, but she was an amazing mom to me. And I just, she may as well have been perfect in my eyes, you know, because that's, that's how I, how I feel looking back on her. And I, and so I'm trying to give myself that grace of like, just loving my kids, doing my best and hoping that that's what they'll (laughs) remember the most, you know, about me is how much I love them and how much I'm trying to be the best mom to them that I can be. But, um, yeah, we, we, And we're powerful as moms, and how we teach our kids to view themselves and love themselves. So I think it all definitely ties in.
0: Oh, I I I like that. Thank you, thank you for sharing that. Um, and I I want to go back, which I know I I should have hit record when we were talking about this, but we we had talked just a little bit briefly, and and I wanted to save it for the for the recording, but we had talked a little bit about how women's health. Um, it, you had said it's all encompassing and makeup's a a part of it. It's not all of it, but, um, I'd love to hear your thoughts and your perspective on that. If you want to elaborate a little bit more on what we talked about before we hit record. Sure.
1: Um, so it's kind of a broad question, so I'll probably, um, we'll probably dive into it more as we go, but I, so First, let me just say, I'm just going to go ahead and say how I met you because I'm so, such a huge fan of you. So, um, P- Polly was, I was one of her patients and I was struggling with SPD, synthesis pubic dysfunction or discomfort. Um, after having my first baby, I have two little girls and in my first pregnancy, I started to suffer with it, and it was really severe and excruciating. Every step that I took, there was sharp pain, and um, it was pretty miserable. And I talked to my healthcare providers about it, and they had essentially no help to give me. (laughs) And they just told me to basically rest as much as I could until I had the baby and just avoid walking and taking stairs and things as much as possible. And they said my hormones should even out after having the baby and it should, they basically said if it's going to go away, it'll go away on its own. And so I had the baby and it got better. It wasn't as excruciating. Um, it, It didn't hurt just to like walk anymore, but with really anything past that, like, any type of exercise, if I tried to stand on one foot, um, anything like that, if I tried to like bear weight at all, um, like in any way besides like an upright standing position, if that makes sense, then that sharp pain would come back. And, um, it was really hard because I feel like exercise is my medicine, (laughs) is my like antidepressant along with my actual antidepressants because I take those too. But um, I, so I was like trying to exercise, but there was this, all this pain and my healthcare providers had like, again, no help for me. And I just, I felt like I kind of lost a piece of myself because I was so limited in my mobility and it felt like there was nothing that could be done. And I had a friend who she told me about Polly and she said, you need to go to her. And I was like, okay, absolutely. I'll, I'll go give it a shot. So I was almost a year postpartum at this point. That's how long it had been when I actually went into you. Oh, I don't think I remember that part. Wow, <laughs> yeah, It was long a time. Long time that I just dealt with it, you know, and Polly seriously changed my life because. After just a couple of sessions with her, I was pain free and I didn't know if I ever even was going to be again. And I am, it was just incredible, like to, to be able to exercise again and have full mobility again. And, um, it was just such a tremendous blessing. And I truly, like, I trust Polly so much. I know that she knows her stuff when it comes to women's health, oh my goodness, and the female body, she just knows her stuff. And then even in my second pregnancy, she like anytime that I would just start to feel the pain creeping back in, we'd schedule an appointment, she'd get me just back on track. And I had a really good second pregnancy and postpartum round 2, like I'm at the gym regularly, I can I can do all these things again and it's amazing. So um. I, okay. So I want, yeah, I wanted to give you a little shout out, but then I think oh, thank you. <laughs> I think that ties in like as women, we are complex creatures, like our emotions and hormones and our bodies and what we go through. It's like, we are complex creatures. And I think that our women's health there's so much to it it's more than just basic health i think um taking care of your well-being and your mental health and setting boundaries learning about healthy boundaries and like prioritizing taking care of yourself and we're talking like actually taking care of yourself is so important and i mean you get to really write the rules for that and when it comes to makeup i think it it can change. Like there's been times in my life where I'm like, you know what? It makes me feel my best to carve out that time every morning to get glammed up. And I just feel unstoppable. And I love that right now with two toddlers. I am happily choosing not to do that. (laughs) Because that is just not what is uh, filling my cup (laughs) right now to let my kids like turn the house upside down while I'm or or turn my bathroom upside down I should say while I'm like getting ready it's just not worth it every morning so I yeah I think we get to decide for ourselves like when that is something that's really empowering or if it's you know right now I'm focusing more on skincare and just letting that be enough on the regular but um yeah, sorry. That was kind of a like a a long answer to your question, and I did I kind of get at the points that you were hoping to bring up. Yeah, I'm 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 glad you mentioned those.
0: I mean, we th- thank you for that shout out. That was that was very kind, and um, it's yes, I'm I'm so glad I met you for for those circumstances, but not for those circumstances. Or may I? I I'm grateful either way, but I guess I'm sorry it was under those, but. Um, no, that, w- no, while you're talking, I just, my brain, it's, it's very visual sometimes, I guess. And so while you're talking, I'm like, okay, well, like your body, like whether that's your, your pregnant body and your postpartum, postpartum body, when you had said like, you know, we're complex creatures. And so as you were talking, I'm like, well, yeah, well, you know, being a mother is like, that makes it complex. And then your two toddlers. Cause I have two myself and that most definitely, like, that's a different season that adds to the complexity. And, you know, you having a job adds to the complexity. You having this love for makeup, and, you know, and also you're a wife in here, and you have family members, and you have friends, and there's probably a few other responsibilities that you have around the home. And then, like, you had mentioned, you know, you're your mental well-being is important, but then your physical. And so while you were talking, my brain just kept populating all of like this imaginary list in my brain. And I loved how you you said it in there. Well, you you get to decide, you get to write what your priorities are. And I almost even wonder like if that's what makes that's another way for us to see our beauty because what you're currently choosing in this season of your life, I find that to be so beautiful. Okay. I'm going to take this beautiful thing I have of makeup, but it's, it's not what I need right now. I need to be with my kiddos. My skin's important as, you know, is still part of your beauty. And then you had mentioned earlier in the podcast that you're back to the gym. And so for now, like that, this, this, like this is what your beauty is made up because of these choices and priorities that you're making. So I, to me, it made really great. Um, it, it, it made sense to me, but I also feel like it almost added like a layer of beauty to what our choices and what our priorities are, which are, you know, is going to be different for each of us.
1: Oh, you said that so beautifully. I absolutely, oh. that.
0: <laughs> which I almost, man I feel like I need to go journal after this I just I have so many different things and that I'm just thinking about because i I also think you know there's seasons of life whether that's makeup or or health because I had a gal reach out to me the other day that wanted to do one of my online programs because uh, I'm, I'm pretty open about that like well sh- you know if you need help I can you know just message me and we'll figure out what's the best thing and so she laid out her whole life story for me and she had so much on her plate, so much on her plate. And I, and I told her like, I, I don't actually think you should buy anything from me right now. I think you should wait. I think there's other things, you know, that, that you have going on, but I love how, I love how you said we get to write or we get to decide. It's our choice. What, what our priorities are. And, and I I think that there's beauty in that, that we do get to decide and we do get to choose.
1: I love that. That just really too shows how much you genuinely care for your patients. And I know that you do. I've felt that you are you are a true healer just as a person and professionally and that's amazing. So
0: well thank you. I think I I just think in general and you know to kind of I guess kind of, kind of tie this in, but I I have just noticed because I, I do work with a lot of women as patients and I have lots of women in my life as well. But sometimes when I encounter and not necessarily, I'm not speaking about, you know, family or friends or patients, but it's always interesting how tough it can be to be so encouraging to women when really of all people as women while we don't necessarily know the load that that other woman is carrying we probably have felt a load very similarly and we probably you know there's been times in our lives where you know we just maybe wish that somebody would say man mama you are doing a great job i know you don't feel like it but you're you're doing great and you look beautiful or you know like what whatever compliment you like i mean beautiful you're fit you're <laughs> look how you manage it well what whatever that is that we probably have wanted that, but sometimes i've I've observed other people other women it's it's hard sometimes to to be able to maybe not share that burden but just to kind of recognize like that 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 other woman needs some encouragement because you've been in a similar place before too. Have you noticed that sometimes like is that something?
1: that you've seen or maybe not in your world or let me see if I understand what you're asking. So are you saying that, um, that sometimes women who are struggling might be slow to open up and share that they could use that extra encouragement? Is that what you're getting at? Or are you getting at, um, like sometimes we, we hold back on our encouragement of others for whatever reason. Yes, yes, that we
0: that we hold back, that we maybe, and not to take it to like a superficial level, but I always, and I've done this ever since I was a little girl, and it's always stressed my mom out. If I've never met you and I like your shoes or your purse, I will totally tell you, even if I have to stop my car. I did this the other day actually in the Walmart parking lot, but I stopped my car because I saw this gal's purse and I loved it, and I put my car in reverse and rolled down my window, and she probably thought I was gonna. I don't know, <laughs> harm her or something. And I said, Oh my word, I love your purse. It's so beautiful. And she was so taken aback by it because it, one, it was a beautiful cowhide purse that had fringe on it, which I have, I mean, mine doesn't look like that, but I'm, I'm totally drawn to those types of things. This is not even on topic, but I just, I, I loved it so much. And she just seemed like very taken aback that I would go out of my way to tell her how much I loved her purse, which again, it, it, it could come across as very materialistic, but it was something that I noticed and I wanted to say, but I feel like sometimes women may not be as easily ready to, to
1: share those things. Have you noticed that? Maybe. Yeah. I first of all, I can totally picture you doing that. And I just (laughs) and I think, you know, sometimes we're so focused on ourselves, not necessarily in like a straight up selfish way. But I mean, we've all got a lot on our plate. And so I think sometimes we just we're trying to get our stuff done, you know, trying to Make it through the day, and it does take that intention and recognition and stepping outside of your comfort zone, maybe to just speak kind words to others. But I mean, I love the example you gave because it kind of got me thinking how some of the most um, meaningful compliments I think sometimes come from strangers because they don't have to say anything. Oh, if you see your friend and they say like, Oh yeah, I love your shirt, whatever, you know, you're like, okay, well, you're just trying to like say something nice or whatever, you know what I mean? Um, but a stranger goes out of their way and compliments you, you you feel so good. But whenever that's happened to me, then I just, I, it means so much because they did not have to say anything, you know? And so that just makes me want to like commit even more to to say like if you think it if you see someone and you think wow they are really beautiful then just to say you're really beautiful by the way you know whatever it may be i think it can be really more powerful than we realize i think yeah that um that
0: makes me think too cuz i i mean i definitely don't want this to be like a listen i'm i'm down to talk about vain things but i <laughs> i know there's there's more to it there's there's more power in the in the inner beauty as well. But, um, even so I was at the library the other day and my children were not listening. And I'm telling you, like, I was about ready to lose my ever loving mind because I had told them before we got there, I told them when they got out and they're running all over the parking lot and that just scares me. And that probably makes my voice elevate. So it probably feels like I'm yelling at them, but I'm just, I'm panicked because I'm just convinced Cause in Utah people drive really fast and I don't think that they pay that close attention. And I'm like convinced my kid's going to get hit because they're not holding my hand. Anyways, I was probably being a little more melodramatic than maybe I needed to. And, um, by the time we got into the library, my little one, he is, he's a runner. Like uh-huh. we, we really need to get a leash. We joke about this all the time, but <laughs> he went running and he loves to rip down all the books in the library. Like the little kids section, the little hardback books And I, I mean, I, I wouldn't say I got after him, but I I told him like, you have got to listen to mom. You like, you need to be safe. You need to listen to mom. It's not okay that you run away. Someone might take you. I mean, he's too, like, does he really know? And I'm just like trying to tell him all these reasons and, you know, Negotiate with a terrorist, if you will. <laughs> and um, my daughter was being so good, and so I was trying to praise her, like, "Thanks for being such a good listener. You're being such a good helper." It was, it was this whole production. I'm pretty sure every mom in the library was like, "My word, that girl needs like, I don't know, like a vacation or something." And as we were leaving, one of the librarians grabbed me, and I, I was so flustered and so just probably like ready to attack because my adrenaline had was, I was already convinced my kids were going to get hit in the parking lot, which that just ramps me up for at least an hour. And I was, I was ready to get sassy with her right back. And she told me, thank you so much for doing such a good job with your kids and expecting them to listen to you in the first couple of asks. That means so much to me and like what the future generation has to hold. Wow. And I, I, so I was still so mad, <laughs> but when I was walking out to the car and then I realized like, oh, she wasn't getting after me for like getting after my kids in there. It, it, and again, it doesn't have anything to do with my beauty, but that raised my confidence level. I've actually never even seen this librarian cause we go to the library quite a bit, but it was one of those things that she never had to say that you know, there, there's tons of other moms in there with their kids and not that anyone even needed to say something, but it really changed my perspective. Like it's, you know, it's okay to make my kids listen in public and not that let them run around. And anyways, it just, I, I think you're right that sometimes from strangers, it, it can mean more than, than from those who know you best.
1: Yeah. I think that's super awesome that she said that and super powerful because And especially as moms and like when your kids are acting out in public and you're just like, wow, I'm sure everyone is thinking I'm mom of the year right now, you know, but I'm sure that this lady has been in your shoes and recognizes, you know, she knows how hard it is and she recognized the good that you were doing and the way that you were handling it and wanted to make you aware of that. And that's so awesome.
0: Yeah, it was a it was a really neat exchange between two women and you know she was older like you said, you know she she'd probably been there and been in my shoes, but for her to go out of her way to say that it was um life-changing's probably not the word, but it but it impacted me quite a bit to to also like compliment women on their actions as well. Yes. Not just necessarily like, oh like Love your shoes, love your bag. love your you know, your lashes look amazing today or whatever. Just write the actions. and that that makes me think, which I'm curious, when when you talk to your daughter and you have a son, right?
1: No, I have two daughters. You have
0: two girls. Okay. So that just changes the picture even more. when What is it that you want to teach them? about beauty and their worth and their confidence. Cuz I feel like from your perspective where you probably have seen the spectrum of so many things as it relates to beauty and makeup in the industry, how tell tell us how how you're doing that, whether that's consciously or subconsciously or maybe even things you're not decided upon how you want to approach. I'm I'm so curious.
1: Yeah. That's a great question. Um and I'm still, of course, like learning and figuring it out. But I, I really um, want my girls to grow up with a healthy self-esteem, of course, and I want them to be confident. And, and I, I know that 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 doesn't come actually from parent just saying all the time, Oh, you're so beautiful. You're so beautiful. You're so gorgeous, whatever. Like that doesn't build confidence. Um, I, and so of course I tell them that they're beautiful and all that, like, you know, all the time, but I, I really try to focus on who they are as a person more so. And I like, I'd love for kind of the, the feeling to be like, Yes, you're beautiful, but that's not the most interesting thing about you. Or yes, you're beautiful, but it doesn't really matter that much, (laughs) you know. Um, if that makes sense. And so I and I, I I recognize that my relationship with myself will be the biggest teacher. Um, I grew up with a mom who she really struggled with. With loving her body and loving, um, you know, accepting herself. And it was from a long line. We're talking, you know, her mom, same thing. Her mom was pretty critical to her about her looks and things like that. And so I grew up with a mom who was always complaining about her body, always saying she needed to go on a diet, things like that. And I have learned better From that and want to set a different example for my girls. So one thing is like, we don't talk about body size. Um, this doesn't need to even be a conversation because it really doesn't matter. Um, okay.
0: Okay. I like this.
1: Yeah. We live healthy and we love to move our bodies. We love to fuel our bodies with good food. We love to take good care of our bodies. Um, and body size, it just doesn't need to even be a topic of conversation um, because I basically I love the idea of body neutrality. So there's like the body positivity movement um, And I think that there's like great aspects of that. but I I just I love the idea of like a body neutrality movement of like we just don't need to be so focused on our bodies. (laughs) Like we we love them, we're grateful for them, and we don't need to obsess over the size or the way that they look because it's just it's not that much in our control anyways. Um, you know, and yeah, does that make sense?
0: Yeah, no, no, it totally does because I've I've been very cautious of the words that I use with my little one because she is The word that, um, so many people like to say as it relates to her is, oh, she's so tiny, but I've, I've really, I've worked so hard. I mean, you can call this manipulation or brainwashing, but I've really trained her. Like if, if I'm around and someone says that and I'll say, yes, but Ava has such big muscles and she'll flex and she'll talk to you about how she eats protein to get bigger muscles, cause I don't ever want her to like, cause she's, she's in this little dance class and she probably is by far the leanest. I really like to use that word. Um, although if you have a different suggestion, I'm, I'm totally down, but, um, and she's even, she's caught me weighing myself cause I'm, I'm currently in a, you know, a cutting phase and I have to be so mindful about my face. And I, so every time I step on, I will say something like, whew, mama's got some muscle or, oh my gosh, my body is doing so amazing. Even though I might be disappointed because of hormones changing things or stress, right? There's so much that goes into that. And again, that's probably a whole nother podcast topic, but I I love that you're doing that. Yeah. what we also
1: is huge,
0: but I, I love how you said, your look, and I might be changing it. How you said your looks are not the most interesting thing about you.
1: Yeah. And I've, I'm stealing. I love that. I've, I've heard, I don't know who I heard that from, but I've heard it. I didn't make that up. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just, I think as parents, and this can actually apply to like so many areas of our parenting, I've realized, um, is the things that we place importance on are going to be very impactful for our children and not necessarily in the way that we want. So like, let me just quickly tell you how I learned this. So um, <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be like, wow, we're really going off topic, but I'll try to make it quick. So in potty training, my daughter actually. Um, So when I first set out to potty train her, we did the whole thing with like getting a treat every time she went potty. And every time she went potty, we would praise her like crazy, (laughs) that whole thing. And, um, that works great for some kids and it did not work great for her. She, it backfired big time. Um, And I ultimately just put her back in diapers after a little while because it was making me absolutely lose my sanity. So we're going to potty train at a later date (laughs) because this is not, she's not ready, or at least I'm not ready. I can't deal with this anymore. So I put it on pause for like six months. And then when it was time to potty train again, or when I decided that I was ready Um, I had a friend who shared some wisdom with me and she explained that you want to keep everything pretty neutral as far as like assigning meaning to things. Okay. Okay. Because when you do the whole, and again, it works great for some kids, but this is just a perspective. Um, when you, you know, have a dance party every time they go potty successfully and when you're always talking about like, oh, yeah, you're going to go potty, blah, blah, blah. When you make it this huge deal, then the child gets the message, oh, this is really important to my parents that I do that. And so it will either put tons of pressure on them to the point where they are like freaking out and so they are like have anxiety about it or it will backfire and they'll rebel against you. Um, or two possibilities. And I think it was like a little bit of both that had been happening with her. And so I just made everything really neutral. I just explained, you're a big girl now. And we're, you know, the whole thing, we're not using diapers anymore. And and pee goes in the potty. And when she would be successful, I'd say, yes, you did it. You went pee in the potty. And that's where it goes. And when she'd have an accident, I'd say, Oh, you went pee-pee on the carpet and pee-pee goes in the potty. We're going to go sit on the potty. Like I just kept it neutral and it worked amazing for her. It worked so amazing. And it seriously, that changed like the lens through which I view parenting now because I, I don't want my children to grow up doing things because they know it's really important to me, you know. I don't I don't want to be I want to just teach the real reasons for things and like lead them to make their own decisions is hopefully the goal rather than just driving into them how important it is to me that they do something.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I I love that and I I think you're totally right how you're saying like just the neutrality of it. Mhm you just kept it very neutral, which, right? Like, okay, you know, my kids colored on the carpet, you know, for the 50,000th time or like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to even think, which I don't know why I can't come up with all the, you know, like just, just frustrating things in life, whether it's yourself or your kiddos or your spouse or friends or work that just even keeping it neutral probably is in your best interest for your health. Because at that point, if you're always frustrated, right? Like if you lost it, you know, and got really frustrated with her, like I've told you 50,000 times, like we go pee-pee in the potty and here you are doing on the carpet, right? To them, like that probably amps them up. But also for you, like now you're stressed. Exactly. You know, like, and, and I think we all know, I feel like there's enough talk about it now that you know, experiencing a lot of stress, it doesn't do anything great for our hormones. It doesn't do anything great for just the overall health, whether it's our brain or our actual tissues. And, you know, we want our body to be in the rest and digest, not the fight or flight all the time. And so I feel like that's pretty powerful just to think like, okay, well, how can we take this situation good or bad? You know, whether it's like, not that we can't celebrate, but, um, but how could you take this situation and, and make it neutral? Cause it is now, now you're impacting yourself and your kiddo and, you know, probably how they perceive you as a parent, which is going to affect your grandkids, which is probably crazy to think of, but you know, it's, it's a long line, you know?
1: Yeah. I love, I love where you took that. It's so true. It's like, sometimes we think that as parents and like, even just in general, as people that we need to be all like hyped up, you know, against the bad things like, oh, I, I can't stand for this happening or whatever, you know, otherwise we're going to thinking we're just going to go in the opposite direction or something um, like even with food, like, oh, I have to be so hypervigilant against, you know, eating any sugar or whatever else. I'm just going to eat it all, you know, where it's like, actually, you know, you we can look at this from a little bit more of a neutral stance and then assign the meaning. And then we have a lot less stress in our lives for sure. Yeah. I, um,
0: that's, that's a really good example. The sugar thing. Yeah. That could be a whole other podcast too. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Okay. Well, Mary, I have loved talking to you and I feel like we could probably go on talking about all these different areas as it relates to, our health, our beauty, both inner and outer, motherhood, be and like you said, you know, we're complex creatures. There's there's a lot that goes into it. But if you if someone left, if if you got to decide, if someone left you after like a conversation, if you got to choose, which I know we don't, what would what would you want their takeaway to be? after spending a couple minutes with you, like what, what would you want that message to be that,
1: that they received at the end? That's a great question. I would want them to walk away with a renewed sense of knowing that, assuming they're a woman, it could apply to whoever, but that they are the queen of their life. They get to call the shots for their life they get to decide their own priorities. They get to decide how they are going to spend their time and what is going to receive their attention and to really own that and just own who they are, own their beauty. And to remember that the most beautiful thing in a woman is a woman who believes that she's beautiful and it's, it not only it's like double fold because it makes them more beautiful and it makes them more happy and it helps other people feel more beautiful and happy about themselves. It just like empowers everyone around them. It's a chain. It's a, yeah, a domino effect. So that's what I would hope they would feel.
0: Oh, I love that. I love that. And I'm quite certain that so many women felt that um, after our conversation today. So, thank you for that. Thank you. And, oh, of course, of course. So, I'll end this podcast like I do every other podcast. Remember, you're an heiress and a queen and everything in between. If you enjoyed this episode or even wondered if I can help you, check the show notes for more details. And to see what else I'm up to, follow me on the socials at Beyond the V, period by Polly. Because I'm changing the conversation on women's health, the pelvic floor, and more, I still need your help. Please subscribe, leave a review, and share with a friend or two. See you next week.